and welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast, although as we're now starting to call it the Tech Trans and Brands Podcast. Uh, it's Thursday, the 4th of November, fireworks night tomorrow. Um, Phil, how are you? Very good. Thank you very much, Andrew. Right. We're both actually in the office today, which is good. That's how I like it. And I think that uh, I've got to say we've had a lot of discussion this week from people messaging us and actually some companies we've been talking to um, about Darlington. So I feel we've sort of got to put this one to rest almost. Although it's pretty rather interesting, isn't it? Um, but Darlington actually has quite a history. First of all, by the way, it's about 40 miles, I believe, south of Newcastle. So I've worked out where it is. And it has quite a history, actually, of sort of what I describe as engineering. It was actually the world's first permanent steam locomotive-powered passenger railway, the Stockton and Darlington Railway. Um, but it also now uh, has moved from engineering to sort of technology and technology engineering. EE uh, -E has 2,500 people there. So as well as people like Philtronic and um, Tecmar, uh, they also have Cummins up there, they have Amac up there. Uh, all sorts of well-known uh, companies. So it's clearly quite a place, Darlington. We're going to have to go there, Phil. We are, and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yes, I'm intrigued to hear all the engineering heritage. And uh, yes, I do remember that being the first railway. Isn't it amazing? And uh, what a shame we don't make trains anymore, but uh, looking forward to seeing the region, yeah. Yeah. So now, look, you know, it would be very easy to talk just about COP26. But you know what? There's so much sort of news out there on COP26. Probably listeners are up to speed with it. So I'm tempted to say we should just a little bit maybe skip over that. But I think it's fair to say that um, transitional energy, which we love, obviously in COP26, you know, there's so much talk. It is highlighting the whole space again. So we may well bounce back into it for various reasons. Um, I, I don't mind. Well, why don't we kick off actually just with news today because it sort of ties into that. Um, but um, and then we can work around everything else we're going to talk about. Uh, but Podpoint started trading today, didn't it, Phil? Um, it was actually I think Podpoint's quite interesting. Um, it was slightly overdone, I think, with Barclays, Bank of America and Numis for a company that was 350 million market cap. But um you know the ipo is bottom end of the range at uh, 225p sadly it's opened down today at 215 215p um which is rather disappointing as as a fund manager said to me um he likes ipos where everybody goes away with a party balloon and i think we for instance have done that with tungsten west uh, where we floated it a couple of weeks ago at 60p it's now 90p uh, he suggested that Pod point, unfortunately, everybody got 99 red balloons. It's so a I don't know if you've got, you yes. got this joke. There's a song. No, I I, I, no. Uh, I'm not going to sing it, okay? But for anyway, yeah, it, no, it was a German I, I, band, actually. It was uh, uh, 9 and 90 um, something balloons. Flug balloons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, we, we put not go there. But look, pod point actually is really interesting. But again, interesting, I was talking to a, a, a highly respected fund manager this morning about it. What is interesting about Podpoint, and we, we will obviously we have our own favourite in this EV charging space, is not really the boxes. Boxes don't make you money, and actually, again, if you think about it, boxes that normally you go to a it's a race to the bottom, isn't it? Because you just get prices coming down and down and down as the Chinese get involved. You know, we've seen that with things like you know solar panels and things. 
Um, but it's if you can then get into the recurring income through uh, and become more of a utility through grid services and connecting it into the homes, that's where you're going to make money. Um, so and look, Podpoint is going down that route. It's very interesting. It's obviously disappointing that they've had such a, a disappointing float, but it's one I'm going to be watching. But I prefer Nexus Infrastructure personally. They have their own EV charging division, eSmart, but they also have their own grid services division and they sort of do do that whole utility bit, uh, which is why I think they're perfectly positioned. But I've said that before, but I think you agree with me, Phil, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, no, I do. Um, and I think that the, the, the pop point IPO, I mean, a good thought. At the end of the day, Andrew, it's all about investors getting access to um, to things like EV charging, and, and as we said, Nexus Infrastructure, we think is a super way to play it. But remember, Podpoint as well is backed by CDF. Now, EDF acquired this business in 2020, uh, and they've got 5,200 charges across the UK. The total UK network's 42,000, and it is growing. And so, you know, there should be opportunity for them, certainly for, well, as we're already seeing with Nexus Infrastructure, given the growth, plenty of opportunity for them. It's a good market to be in. Yeah. I mean, what I find amazing is these big banks, you know, they've come along recently with some big floats and they're just not working. You know, I find it fascinating. The Hutt Group, you know, and what do we have this week? You know, BlackRock placed stock, I think it was at 195p or something. I mean, what a yeah. disaster. Uh, Dark Trace, we've just seen one of the, the, the original founders of that go out and place a huge lump of stock. You know, you just wonder who's buying all these big IPOs. When I when I see an IPO and I see that, you know, Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Barclays, you know, Goldman Sachs, they're all on the ticket. I'd run a bloody mile, personally. Not being a good recent uh, track record, it's fair to say, on, on some of them. And, as it, and look, at the end of the day, it's unfortunate because, you know, we want to get exposure to, to good quality uh, listed companies because it's harder to do necessarily via you know via private equity for a lot of private investors. So let's hope mm. they can sort things out and price these IPOs sensibly. Now I'll tell you another thing. Talking of IPOs, I believe, although I don't know for sure, um, but I read in that well-known newspaper, the Australian Financial News, uh, oh. my Canaforex. Uh, no, uh, a company called Gellion, which is a, a new battery company um, that is zinc bromide coming out of Australia. Uh, the Australian Financial News says they are IPOing at the moment. We knew they were looking to do it because the pre-IPO research went out a couple of months ago. Um, they are obviously looking at energy storage, which is a, an area that we're obviously very keen on. Um, I don't know much about the float other than what was in the Financial News. Um, but they're looking to come around the sort of 200 million mark. Again, it said that we're going to raise about $30 million. I don't know whether this is factually correct, it's just what I read in the newspaper. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they get on, obviously, because um, it'll be a good comparator, even though with a, a different um, technology to, to our vanadium flow batteries. It'll be very interesting to see how it goes. It will. I don't know if you've heard you probably haven't. But, um, uh, no, no, I didn't have the, I didn't read the Australian article uh, that you did, but it's look, it's a, it's a busy, busy space with lots of opportunity, and we look, we talked about our client, Infinity um, Energy Systems, often on this podcast, but they're working with Pivot Power, 
Um, and their batteries are just being installed on the Energy Super Hub Oxford, which is, which is super news. I mean, they're very advanced in their tech. But there's no, there's an announcement from Pivot Power uh, on another of their projects, which is the Kemsley Battery Storage Facility. That's a 50 meg one. Um, and it's being done with with EDF. I remember it's EDF behind Pivot Power, but that's a, that's lithium ion. But but Pivot Power, um, you know, are rolling out a lot of sites across the UK. So it's going to be very interesting to watch it, and hopefully, you know, we'll see Invinity playing a real part in that. Yeah, we obviously talked a lot about that last week, so we won't bang on exactly. about it. But you can have a you can have a lithium ion battery, you know, energy storage facility. And it's very easy to just dump some vanadium alongside it. So, I mean, just because it's only lithium today doesn't mean they won't have vanadium in the future. Talking of IPOs, though, did you see that Rivian, which is backed by Amazon, have just done an IPO for 53 billion? Uh, they're these, a new EV company out in the States, that was. So, uh, there's clearly still life there um, in that market space, which is extraordinary. <laughs> And, and you IPOs, actually, we should mention talking about IPOs. Sorry, I'm butting in, I'm cutting across you there. Um, our brand company, we're going to move on to brands now. I'm sure we'll get back onto technology and transition energy. Uh, but our brand company, Silverwood uh, Brands, starts trading on Monday. Uh, we mentioned that we closed the book last Thursday, uh, which we did very successfully. I've actually had, annoyingly, loads of people have run me up since saying, Andrew, we would have participated. Well, they'll all have to come into the secondary market, send it through the roof. Um, but it's interesting because I think uh, they start trading on Monday. Our client Samarkand announced this week the acquisition of Napiers, which you might want to comment upon. But also we had results from Warpaint, which is another sort of you know brands. It's cosmetics, uh, and they upgraded forecasts. Uh, and we are seeing at the moment in this whole sort of brand space, forecasts are going up with other companies, and therefore likely to go up with our companies. Uh, we are. Um, quickly on some account, uh, yes, the client of ours, Tickers SMK, uh, listed on the Equus Exchange, uh, their cross-border e-commerce tech company, and also they own their, their, own, their own brands as well and ship third-party brands across their platform into Asia. Uh, yeah, they made a small acquisition this week, Andrew, and that was uh, their acquired company called Napiers, based in Edinburgh, 160 years old company. So they've got to have something good to be going for that long. Um, and they provide skincare, wellness products, food supplements. And so, you know, they've, they've already been working with um, Samarkand, Napiers, and, and to, you know, drive exports into the Asian markets. And now Samarkand, you know, thinks it's so good that it's actually acquired it and would be driving um, driving sales further. So uh, that's quite, yeah, that's quite exciting for them, I think. Well, it might bring in a few Scottish investors as well because they can go to the Napiers shop, which is still in Edinburgh. It, it is, and my, my dad lives there as well, so I'll have to persuade him to go. Does he live in Edinburgh? Yep. Oh, right. <laughs> didn't know that, did you? There you go. I, I didn't know that. There you go, all listeners. You now know that Phil's dad lives in Edinburgh. I guess somebody <laughs> has to. Um, <laughs> let's move on a little bit, because um, we do tend to jump around, but apparently that's all right. People have somehow managed to keep up, up with us. Um, but uh, a couple of our, I wanted to talk about a couple of our picks and shovel stocks. I mean, we've actually, funny, we've already touched base on, on Nexus, which was one of them, but there's two others I wanted to mention. One uh, is Lamprell, uh, because on Friday last week, it's easy to forget what happened on Friday because we're, we're this week, um, but they came out with a whole host of announcements. 
Um, but the real key bits was that they they uh, sorted out their debt facility and they then went and raised a load of money as well as an equity placing. And what was interesting about this, this was a stock that was sitting there, had said, look, we need more money. Um, and of course, no one was going to buy it in the secondary market because they knew they were going to come along with a primary placing. And that's the way that these markets operate now. Everyone just sits waiting for the primary part of the placing. Partially because as brokers, we get paid so much more on primary and we don't get paid anything on secondary that distorts the market. But that's a completely different conversation. Anyway, they, they've come out and the stock went from 35p, it's now in the 40s. Um, so it was taken very, very well, a, a very successful situation. But um, um, we we like Lampro and we've had a, we had a good long chat with them as well. You know what they're doing there, moving basically. In fact, they're all in gas business is picking up, um, particularly in, in Saudi, where actually it appears that the Saudis are, are demand for exploration work is, is really picking up at the moment. They're going for it hell for leather. Whilst the Western world is saying, no, oil companies, you've got to stop because you've all got to go transitional energy. So they're taking advantage of that. So the oil and gas business is picking up. But what they've done is taken that skill set, obviously, for wind farms. And the wind farm business is starting to really look pretty good. It, it's a little bit behind the curve in certain other things. But I am really excited by what, what Lampro are doing. And if you I say there was a huge amount of news came out on Friday. You need to read it all, but I, I, I think it is very, very interesting. And then sort of tacked onto that, we've had news out of, of Tecmar, uh, um, and they're obviously connecting to a certain squadron. You've got the, they're connecting in a way, subsea, the cables that go from the wind farms to the energy storage part. Um, so it all fits in with our whole sort of value chain of the transitional energy. Uh, you know, they're, they're unfortunately even further down the chain, aren't they? They're about the last people to get um, their deals done um, when these big projects go into development. Um, but I, I think that Tecmar's, you know, pretty interesting. It, it's just it's going to take a little bit of time. I mean, what do you Phil? You were on both calls. What, what were your take yeah. on that? Well, look, they're both. I mean, Lamprow make the turbine jackets, is that correct, they're called? And these are the steel, the foundation structures to the wind turbines. So, you know, really, really, you know, a key part of any wind turbine structure. Um, and Techmark, as Andrew says, they're involved in the anchoring part of, of the jackets uh, on, on the seabed where the cables are. So these are, these are both engineering companies that are both exposed to markets that are just you know will continue to grow as as wind turbine infrastructure is is rolled out but it is a case of timing because projects take you know time to get going um this is engineering complicated engineering and then there's a lot of capital involved in the projects themselves because they're having to buy parts up front and then get them all assembled and get them get them shipped out. But what Andrew is picking up on is the fact that these are good long-term, should be growth markets, and that both companies actually are starting to get quite a good position in them. Hmm. Anyway, we, we've obviously talked about yeah. it in the past. There's, there's yeah. a lot of news going on here, as we say. Um, should we should we go through a few results, Phil? Yep. Why why not? I've got a got a couple for you. I don't know if there's one that you've got up front, but um, well, you, let's see if you get them. And if you don't, I'll come with mine. Well, that sounds good to me. Right. So one that we have certainly discussed before, um, and is in this is a very good company is Draper Esprit. 
Um, the ticker is Grow, uh, and that's certainly what its share price has been doing. It's 16 billion market cap, uh, and they're a leading, describe themselves, a leading venture capital firm investing in developing high growth digital technology businesses. Um, so they've just announced a trading update. I don't saw it this morning. It's their half year to September. And what we look for in this type of firm is, is the growth in the net assets. And we just uh, discussed our client that's in this space last week, and they've grown their net assets strongly, um, you know, of investments held. And they've said, this is Draper Esprit, that um, their NAV is, will be no less than 885p, and the last period it was 600p. So they're seeing very strong growth, a portfolio value of 1.3 billion, and that was 700 million. Uh, a year ago. Now, bearing in mind, you know, also what was happening in the markets last year, you know, post-COVID really, really accelerating. But nonetheless, that was, uh, I thought that was quite a strong performance by by Draper Esprit. Uh, look, I, I think Draper Esprit is a really good um, investment. I think IP Group's a really good investment. Our client, Frontier IP, is a good investment. We're hoping to bring another one along called Superseed, which has the advantage of having the British Business Bank um, involves you get this gearing effect on your return. This whole space is really interesting. Uh, and if you don't have exposure to what I describe as the collectives in technology, I think you're missing out on a trick. So I, I, I like them all. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's a look, it's a super way to spread your exposure and spread your risk uh, in the sector, but get, you know, uh, mm. yeah, get exposed to some of the high growth in tech. So that was that was them. Um, also, we saw today was Electro Components tickers. Oh, were they good? Bloody look! I, I tell you what, this 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 is something that caught my eye. So, Electro Components so is five point six billion. What do they do? And they stock six hundred and fifty thousand industrial and electronic products sourced from two thousand five hundred suppliers. Now. We have talked so much, and everyone's seen the news, about global supply chain issues. Um, and yet, they reported their revenue up 33%. And, of course, it's got operational leverage in here because it has good high margins. And their operating profits are up 136% to 139 million on sales of 1.2 billion. But my word, I've got to say, Andrew, that was, <laughs> given all the logistics issues going, that was incredible. No, I'll tell you what. And also, I'm just going to read out a little part of their statement, which I actually saw was put to memory because I read this this morning and I thought, whoa. They said, we have never been more confident of our growth opportunities, despite the external challenges being faced. I mean, that is an incredibly bullish outlook. Never been more confident. And this company has been around a long time. Incredible. Yeah. Really impressive. Anyway, yeah, I did spot that one. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, I'll tell you what, hats off to them. Yeah, yeah. That, that was what a super British company that is. Uh, those, so those were the main two I spotted on the sort of uh, listing market that stood out. Um, something else that sort of wide. Well, I'll, I'll mention a few and see if you yeah, see if okay. you've got any comments. I mean, their, their um, computer centre had a little bit of a trading update, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, actually, what was that was all fine. I mean, there was there were no issues particularly. Um, British Telecom um, had some numbers today, um, which I briefly looked at. I mean, I think the thing about BT, it's the figures actually were fine, if you see what I mean. But obviously, there's a. Um, I actually think, you know, 
BT is too cheap in my view, and I said so at 7.30, so this isn't me just talking in hindsight, the, the stock is actually up um, nearly 10% today, um, because the reality is, is that this is a, a corporate, corporate play. Um, BT actually, believe it or not, in 1984, it was the first IPO I ever did. And um, so it sort of sticks in my mind. Uh, the IPO was done at a pound, it opened up at about £1.34. Uh, this morning it was trading at almost the same price as it was in 1984, which is pretty extraordinary. That's 38 years ago, Phil. No, I tell a lie. Is that right? I've got my maths right. 30, oh, God, I should go to work this out. 26, uh, 37 years ago. God, I've been in this market too long. So we're back where we were 37 years ago. And the stock, in my view, is way too cheap. Bear in mind, obviously, the dot-com boom, it was crazy. It um, went up to sort of over above £10. I'm not saying it go that high. Uh, back in about 2016, it was more like sort of £5. £1.50 is too cheap for BT. And it's got a good yield as well, and they're paying the dividend. Wow. The other one I spotted, yeah. sorry, which is, yeah. I think, quite interesting. I look occasionally at, uh, I don't know if you do, Nanaco. Now, Nanaco, unfortunately, it's got it's quantum dots uh -huh. uh, on your TV. It's got some very interesting technology. Um, the problem is, for Nanaco, is they basically had an IP infringement um, with Samsung, and they've ended up in bloody court and everything. It's, 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 yeah. it's all of a, a nightmare, shall we say. Um, so, um, so unfortunately, it's, it, the share price has been a disaster. It's actually still a 65 million market cap, believe it or not, um, despite the share price being an absolute disaster. Uh, uh, and it's really still all about this um, uh, uh, IP infringement. Uh, they made, unfortunately, a loss of 4.6 million, uh, and their revenue was only 2.1 million. So you can see with a 65 million market cap, it's rather tricky. Uh, but it's it's a very interesting company. They've got you know a lot of interesting capability. Um, I, I had the company in actually a long, long time ago. And sadly, of course, I had them in. I thought, no, I'm not interested in this. Probably I should get them in again because I think it could be quite interesting here. Just one, maybe we should give them a call, um, uh, Phil. Yeah, I know well, actually the, the investor relations lady, Caroline Watson, I know pretty well. She's married to David Taylor, who's a fund manager. And they used to actually live almost next door to me in Chiswick. There you go. That's a bit, a bit of news you didn't need to know, but you told me where your father is, so I'll tell you where the, the investor relation lady at Nanaco lives. That's, that's, that's <laughs> fine. Well, you, well, you never, and you never know with the outcome of court cases either. Um, yeah. we, well, we don't with technologies, and so yes, you should, you know, even if the company is going through particular difficulties, good opportunity to um, to talk to them and to see what yeah. maybe in the future once the court case is over. So, yeah, not bad. That's a good suggestion. Um, very good. Uh, so have you got, uh, what else have you got? Anything else? Yeah, I do have a few just wider things. Um, obviously, you know, I bet a lot of shareholders, investors have got Tesla shares in their broad portfolio somewhere or other. You know, we talked about Tesla last week and it was, it, it hit, ten, was it $1,000? I was just looking on the screen. I think it's about yeah, 1200 Oh yeah. my word! Anyway, look, this is this is a sign for the industry, right? So Tesla's we know has been plowing ahead. BMW uh, had an announcement yesterday on its electric uh, vehicle sales. Um, I'm not sure what few of us got BMWs somewhere or had them in the past, um, but they've got a target whereby you know for 50% of their sales by 2030 is EVs. But they said 
this was in the nine months to September, they sold 230,000 vehicles. That was up nearly 100% on the prior year. Uh, and, and very cleverly noted here on, uh, I think I've got this from CNBC News, that uh, Tesla delivered 240,000 vehicles in its last quarter. Um, so, so you can see that there's a lot of catching up going on in industry, but Tesla is, is, is that far ahead. It's quite far ahead. Another uh, another one that got me was, um, did you see announcements from, this was from Tencent. And we talked about, we obviously talk about the semiconductor industry, silicon chip industry, but Tencent announced in China yesterday that it's actually developed um, three semiconductors internally that they've designed. Um, and that uh, one's for AI, one's for video transcoding, another is a network card. And we've talked about network uh, cards and the infrastructure before. But mm. that caught my eye was that, uh, you know, Tencent Semiconductor Developments in China, and obviously it's a strategic thing for the Chinese, but um, that was interesting. And then the other thing was Global Foundries uh, listed in the US this week um, and they are a semiconductor foundry so they actually make chips and they make chips for um, other people uh, rather than necessarily selling themselves and they said that their capacity is booked out through 2023. Uh, this was a 25 billion value market cap so global foundries is big um, but the capacity was interesting what they said in their statement that's booked out on some of the uh, what are called uh, legacy nodes and that's just that's basically silicon chips that have got uh, their older structures on the silicon. So they've not got the latest nanometer size structures that you can run in you know, building transistors. But these sorts of chips are widely used in automotive. So mm. that was, uh, they were saying there, look, you know, still still going to be some capacity issues there and challenges in the market. So there you go. We actually have a lot of capabilities of, of AI chips in this country. I'm trying to think what the company was. It, it was all the sort of arm guys set it up. Um, slipped my mind, I'm sorry. Uh, we, we are actually pretty good at that that industry uh, in this country. I can't know if you remember the name of the company. Um, but uh, whilst you think about it, I also just, you prompted me there on AI because into my inbox this week came mm -hmm. um, an update on a holding that I have in the Sanlam Artificial Intelligence Fund. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it came to my inbox and I, was, I thought, oh, I'll have a look at that. You know, I hardly ever look at the performance of some of these funds that I own. They're all in my SIP. Do you know, it's been giving me a 27.5% capital increase year on year on, um, which is pretty good, actually, because I've held it now for, you know, since its inception about four years ago. Uh, and of course, that means you actually over four years, you, you have a very nice return. Uh, and that also prompted me to look at another actually position I've got in my my SIP, which I hadn't looked at for ages, but I bought in about 2017. I bought the iShares automation and robotics fund uh, and i bought them at about 400p and i looked at it and bloody hell it's it's um it's a thousand p so i made two and a half times the money on that in um four years or so four years five years whatever it is um my math is getting terrible so actually this whole again this is a space you know um ai automation robotics really going well it's one of those areas where you want to it's quite difficult to find in single companies yeah, uh, I think the funds, and I've just mentioned two there, two ways of playing it there. One is, say, the Sandland Artificial Intelligence Fund, run by Richard Ford, or the iShare, which is obviously you know a different way of doing it. 
Um, great way to just, in a tack them away for five, I'll probably take them away five, 10, 15 years, however long I live. Um, my pension will probably be inherited by my children, so they don't have to pay tax or something like that. I don't know. Um, really good way, though, of, of making good long-term money. That's a nice bit of advice. Um, you know, and it comes back to the collective investments in advanced technology, which we which we discussed earlier. Yeah, that's correct. And, and, and I do have holdings in IP Group, which has been very quiet recently, but a lot of the news is out, obviously, on, on Oxford Nanopore. So there's no reason for it to perform from here at the moment. I'm quite happy holding it longer term. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, right, that, we, we nearly came up to a half hour, Phil. God, that went quick, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. Whew, we were rattling through there. Uh, have you got anything else you want to quickly mention? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think we've covered enough this week. No, that's me. Um, right, we'll try, try and come up maybe with a different city next week. Maybe we'll go to Sheffield or something like that. Lots happens in Sheffield, doesn't it? Uh, there you go. There's my prediction. Next week, we'll talk about Sheffield. So if anybody wants to send us any messages about Sheffield, lots going on in Sheffield, actually. Very exciting place. Uh, then feel free to do so. Uh, move around the country a bit. It's a healthy thing to do. And as I always say, anybody's got any messages on what we, we've got to say, any thoughts they'd like us to discuss, please let us know. Um, there is a lot going on. Um, and we obviously can't cover everything, but we're always keen to cover new things as well. So I hope you all enjoyed it. Phil, we'll speak next week. We will do. Look forward to it.